How do you pick a real estate agent? Yes, so it can be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell. Talk about it over coffee when we used to just catch up for coffee and not record it. You talk about it in a way that's accessible and easy to listen. If you've if you've been in your career for a short while, how do you take yourself to the next level? Yeah, um, it was really a podcast. Yeah, clearly. exactly right. Yeah, epic this voice week on the property part. <laughs> Welcome back to the Property Pod, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is your easy to listen to and accessible way into the real estate market. I am Aaron, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Patrick and John McGregor. Hello, hello. Good I was worried for a split second there you forgot John's last name. No, I didn't say your last name. So then when I went to say, it sounded like you'd, you're McGregor as well. So that would have been Patrick and John McGregor. So that's where well, I had Welcome to the clan, buddy. Kilt's in the mail. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yes, I, I did get your names buggered up, but um, we're planning on not buggering anything up for the rest of the show. Oh, because no, our track record is so, so, so rock solid. Yes, well, track records, <laughs> fake news, all those things out there. It might be easy to accessible, but can't rely on the quality of what we're listening to. <laughs> oh, well, good that we have the disclaimer at the end because didn't you say that the stuff we were talking about last week, we may have got a little bit wrong? It's not that we got it wrong. We just listened to the media before it was officially released was the problem. So we were a little excited by the building grants that were being announced on last Thursday and we recorded on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So we were relying on the newspapers. We're trying to predict the future. Pretty much. And although we got a lot of it right, there was one small thing we got incorrect. Um, And it was in regards to renovations and dollar for dollar spend. We spent a lot of time talking about how you spend so much, the government will match it. Yep. Uh, you've actually got to spend 150000 before that is the case. So you still can get $25,000 towards your reno, but you've got to put one fifty into it before oh, that. Just as a minimum, that's how yeah. much it has to go into your um, renovation before they'll kick in this new grant. Well, that's what I understand it to be. But having said that, we are still waiting for official documents from the government in regards to what all of this actually means. Um, I think it did come out yesterday, but I'm yet to get a a copy of it. Um, but Are you over this, Mac? Do you know whether it's come? No, but that, I mean, it seems getting closer to what the original, that I originally understood it was going to be, which was, it was originally going to have to be, uh, I thought, a minimum renovation of 50 grand. Um, but obviously that's been expanded out to 150. And thinking that through, 50, I know. 50, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's sort of in line then. It makes sense that this at that scale of reno also too, that lends you into the um, extension sort of space. So you're almost to the point of being able to put an extra bedroom on. I guess for me though, what I'd like to point out is that it's capped at income of $200,000 joint income as to Mm -hmm. be able to get that $150,000 reno. That's a big spend for a family that's only bringing in a maximum of $200,000 a year. Damn, isn't it? Say you've got, you've already got a mortgage on your property, which is obviously potentially quite large. Um, because it's, you know, aimed at sort of low to middle income earners. And then you're asking them to go spend $150,000 to get 25000 I don't think they really want to spend the money, to be honest. Well, no, it doesn't sound like it in that um, facet, but maybe that's to keep the builders overdoing the new builds and stuff. So it's like, we will offer the people that want to do some reno some stuff, but you've got to meet our mark. Yeah, you've but, got to jump through 35 hoops and yeah. then do a spin at the end and you might get a chance of getting some money. But all the builders are going to be busy doing... The new, new builds. builds. And speaking of new builds, um, according to Leggett, who we had on the show a few weeks, well, actually, Jesus, nah, last ages year, ago. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew Leggett from Rams, who, um, shout out, I did reach out to him recently. If he's still listening along, I, your message is in my bank um, 
we would love to get you back on very yeah. soon, my friend. Hopefully we can join <laughs> next week or the week after to help us explain this better. Yeah. Uh, but he did send me a snippet of the documentation from the government. So I know it exists, but because um, he was clarifying for me if it applies to brand new homes that have been built that haven't been lived in. Currently, first home buyers that buy what we would class as a spec home are entitled to get $20,000 on the old scheme. Yep. Leggett believes that it is applicable now to the $45,000. So the two different grants, if you're buying oh, a brand yeah. new home yep. yeah, that hasn't been lived in, that's what we would class as a spec home, yep. that does qualify. So that's good news, which we weren't sure on last week. So just as a side thing to that, does that affect the price of them in the market? Like would agents be changing the price to kind of cater for that? Like, would- I don't think so personally because you still have to get a valuer to agree it's worth what you've sold it for. So okay. a lot of buyers out there think that these grants come out and builders just put an extra $50,000 on their bill or yep. agents just raise the sale price by X. But when we're selling to the majority of people, they aren't cash buyers. They've got to go get the funds from somewhere, which would normally be a bank. And the bank needs evaluation done to be able to ensure what we're selling to them is, is secureable. It, yeah. yeah. So I think that should protect any sort of price gouging aspect. Yeah, for sure. Um, but obviously, there's always going to be a few out there. So just do your research and make sure that you are buying a property that is within the market. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And I think the and like um, like anything where you get these um, stimulus, you, you will have. It's always about still sourcing the right, the good people to build your team uh, that you're purchasing a home that you can have confidence in. So, you know, that is doing your research on your, your builders and speaking with a finance broker that's not going to try and push your agenda and um, trying to get you to borrow to your absolute maximum capacity. And it always goes back to, again, to what I think a common message for us has been is make sure you've got a good rock solid team around you. So you're not going to rush in in excitement and, you know, put yourself in a situation that's probably going to hurt you down the road. Yeah, cool. That sounds excellent. So that's kind of what we are aware of at the moment. Everything mm. is an official, but... Hopefully by week three, we'll be right on top of this. I think, I think most of the people out there that listen to us are people who are researching the market themselves or are aware that sometimes we're speculating sometimes. Well, clearly I'm not an agent, so I can't be doling out advice on that. But I think they're aware that you guys are doing it to the best of your knowledge and there's no kind of, oh, let's tell them that's this crazy super scheme where you spend a dollar and you get a dollar back. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're here to provide the information as we understand it. Um, and when we're wrong, we'll rectify it as quick as we can. Yes. If we're doing a daily show, we would have probably rectified it three or four days. <laughs> but it's a weekly show. So what are you going to do? No, that's all good. All right. So what we might do is we'll skip off. We've covered off uh, that. All the fake news out there has been rectified, we think. And uh, we'll pop back with the main part of the show. Bada boom. Perfect. Oh. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006. With their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFM.com. So, Pat, have you slept yet? I am. <laughs> you're up to date? Yeah, I'm back feeling brilliant. I'm ready to go. You're not, you're not the zombie that you were last week. Actually, that might explain some of the errors in the reading of the article if it was written in a way that we 
<laughs> you think it was because I'd gone three days without sleep by the time I read that article on the news? All the, <laughs> all the words were jumping up on the page. You didn't really know what you're saying. Well, but, potentially. And obviously, if you haven't listened to last week's show, I did spend three week, three nights in a row doing a US real estate conference. So like three weeks. <laughs> very much like three weeks. It was a very long time to try to stay awake. So that was the Inman Connect conference, which is generally in Las Vegas or was in Las Vegas last year, was meant to be in Las Vegas this uh, year. Yeah, the end of this month, but obviously the world changed. And so they pivoted pretty well into a digital format. So it was held last week. But um, one of the things that really caught my attention, I thought what we could talk about today is obviously America's had it a lot harder than Australia and especially Tasmania with the amount of cases. Yep. And so agents have had to really adapt on how they sell property in the current marketplace. And what they've actually discovered is that um, people are doing a lot more research online and they've actually sort of outlined that the average buyer now will make a decision to buy your home between seven to 10 seconds before they swipe onto the next property. Yeah. So you sent through a little article that they'd posted on the Inman uh, website and it did make it sound a lot like, um, what do you call it? Online dating. It had a real online dating feel of you've got seven seconds to impress or boom, you're onto the to the next page pretty much so i think in the article I had something saying were you saying john that it was something like a, a 10 to 15 years ago there was there was a longer you probably had an, a minute to two minutes to impress the people i think you've got to think about the ways in which you could source um property data at the time so in that um, 15 years ago, the level of information that you could get straight off a, um, the, the internet was still quite limited rather than you might uh, accumulate a list of 10 properties and then do a drive around versus just quickly clicking on the uh, mouse pad. So that's why if you're going to drive past, you have to at least stop your car. Um, now you've got, you stopped your car, well, you might as well take the time to you know, observe around and look at the neighborhood, et cetera. Then you just keep driving. Whereas now it's just click button, click button, click button, click button, because just so much information is visually obtained for how quickly you can click through the properties. Um, and even then, you know, back then you might've had to spend a little bit more time looking at the write-ups to find out a bit more about the property, but you know, quickly, you know, three, two, one, few, few, few buttons and gone. Um, so it's just a means of the access of information and the way that people can engage with the property information now. It's just changed. So our expectations and our, um, our attention, pan, attention spans have dramatically decreased as well. So um, I think it's, that's why it's just vitally more important that th- when you do consider selling your properties that you are making sure that the target market that you're trying to you know, acquire um, is going to engage with the photos or the style or the marketing, whichever way is appropriate. Yeah, and that's what this article is basically outlining. They've given us sort of five or six tips as to how you can successfully sell your home during COVID-19. So um, one of the the things, and I think it'll be no surprise to anyone, that presentation is basically key when it comes to selling a place. Yeah, I've spoken about it a million times before, but it is the fundamental brickwork that like the foundations of any successful sale campaign. Wouldn't you agree, John? Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, it's, it's to go back to the dating profile. Um, there was, uh, oh God, I have to tell this now. There was this, I remember there was this uh, guy uh, years ago. It was like dating coaching. He's uh, David D'Angelo. I'm sure there's probably a few people on there that'd be familiar with it. But he just had this thought. He said, it's my absolute belief that every man can get himself to at least a five. He said, if you can get yourself to a five, he said, I can get you the rest of the way. <laughs> So when it comes to your house, just think you've got to get it to at least you've got to get it to at least a five. And John will get you the rest of the way. Can we, oh. Yeah, then you can get the rest of the way. Man, that's actually a really good kind of viral video to make. Of, <laughs> uh, is your house 
below a five. <laughs> if you can get it to a five, I can get you to a ten. <laughs> no, it's not the point. It just get you. It's not about getting you to a ten. It's just about getting you a deal. <laughs> Well, this went a different way to what I imagined the podcast. Anyway, but remember when, like, I think we talked about, you've got, you got levers that you can pull on that are going to influence your sale price. Fundamentally, you've got, you know, price, promotion, um, presentation, which is right on there, your person and your position of your home. So um, we're um, Favorite in that. Parties. Oh, yeah, yeah, mate. Loves them. Love, love, love that framework. Harking back on then, which ones are going to have which ones are going to have the biggest impact? Well, what we're talking about right now is obviously that presentation, so that um, if they do click on the photo, which they will, they're going to linger a little bit longer, wanting to find out more. Not take a photo of some random brick in your yard. Um, yeah. Have it as a prop, you know, presented in a way that it's going to be engaging to, like we said, your target market. It really is like that um, dating profile thing like I know there's even I was listening to a podcast the other day I know I bring this up a lot that I was listening to this podcast and they said this but it was do you remember Adam Spencer from um yeah the Adam Triple J. Triple J. Yeah. yeah so it was like a philosophy with Will Anderson and he's he, great. Yeah. oh he's the best yeah he described all this pandemic stuff so well but uh the point I was making was he's just got on Bumble one of the dating apps Mm. And he said he had no idea about it, but being like the mathematician that he is, it was all, he was trying to mathematize how, like what photo to put up and where to have it in the right position and what information to have so that he could maximize his potential reach and all this stuff. But it's exactly the same as this kind of, how do you create the perfect online profile for your property so that it's swipeable? Like what information do you include? Do you have the random brick in the yard or do you have it looking schmick as ready to go out on a Saturday night? And, and, and I'm assuming Adam spent, uh, he, cause there was, there was a guy, Tim Ferriss, who did that with a show. Um, the Tim Ferriss experiment did the exact same thing with, um, <clears throat> that guy, Neil Strauss. And I guess in the end, like Adam's looking at it, well, from a mathematics perspective, he's just want to increase his conversion ratio, isn't he? Um, in the he end, he might even use that exact terminology. Oh, really? There you go. So yeah. he's going to get a certain amount of swipes. So he wants them to convert to matches. Right. So I love that you can, um, break down the love space. To conversion rates. <laughs> oh, well, he is a mathematician. The yeah. numbers, right? Everything he does is um, in the math field. It's amazing. Yeah, he, it was really, really interesting. If you listen to any podcast out there, get on the Willosophy one and and check that out. I reckon you'll like it, J Mac. Yeah, right, okay. so I think we've covered the presentation goes a long way to making sure your house has a good chance of selling and yep. has enough oh, yeah. of someone to click the button to go to that next stage. Um, the next thing that they sort of suggested as well is simple renovations can go a long way. So I know John and I have talked about it in the past, what should or shouldn't you do? Um, some people have that sort of um, reserve saying, oh, well, if I paint it this colour, are they going to like, purchasers going to like it or are they just going to say they're going to redo it after yep. they move into it? One of the interesting things that I thought of or started thinking about is if you can spend $1,000 in some renos and it nets you a two or $3,000 return in this market, why would you not do it? Who gives a rat if the purchaser at the end of the day doesn't love the carpet you chose, but it was enough to get them in the door and then they replaced it a second time around three months later after they moved in? As long as it nets you a better return, in this market, it's probably something that's worthwhile doing because for me, I think when I talk to a lot of buyers, they don't want to have to reno properties. They want to be able to just move into them and they're prepared to play a premium if they're done. Yeah, so don't get too worked up, I guess, is where I'm coming from on like um, worrying about what someone might think about the house because whatever you do to improve it, someone's going to like it. 
whether they then take out what you've done to improve it or not. Like as long as you presented it in the way that. Yeah. So like, for instance, painting the house out. So if it's a weatherboard home and it's a little bit like, you know, faded on the outside or you've got bubbling and that, yep. you paint it right the way around the outside. It's just going to have an instant better feel about it. You might not like the color that the person chose to paint it as the purchaser, but you can feel that it's fresh, clean, well looked after. It gives you a different sense yep. when you're looking at the property. Now you might think, I hate that color. I'll repaint it myself later but it still gives you that better feeling about moving forward because you see there's care and attention to the property and that, oh, if they've looked after this, they must have looked after that. Yeah, so yeah that makes sense. Does that sort of resonate with you, J-Mac? Do you think renos at the moment are a good thing or are they something that you should probably just forget about and try to sell? Like, what's your opinion on? Um, my word that I use is you don't want the place to look neglected um, and a classic place to do that is in the garden. So often when we're, you know, engaging a client to look at property presentation in this instance is that gardens often often quite one that can be overlooked and you can do a couple of really simple things in the garden to make it look not neglected because um, sometimes it's not about having, you know, a showstopper lawn that's going to win awards, but um, it's ensuring that when a person walks up to the front door, they can feel like the property has been cared for. They might say, look, okay, it's an average sort of property. There's nothing special about it, but it does look like it's been attended to. So, because what um, neglect does is it starts to raise questions. It's like, okay, if this has been neglected, what's behind that and what's behind that and what's behind that? And, you know, they, they call it the butt syndrome. You're putting a green accounting hat on. It's like, oh, about that, all about that, all about that. So, again, when you're trying to look at these presentations, you're trying to eliminate any, any um, concerns that people are going to be raising questions about, okay, if I just peel back this little bit of wallpaper, what the hell am I going to find from here on in? Mm. So that idea, I think, to expand on what you said on, you know, do the carpet even though you might not like the, like the taste of it. Well, again, what we're really talking about here is you're presenting value. So if you've got a property that, okay, that may not be the paint or their taste, okay, you have eliminated a lot of those concerns by, you know, removing cracks and stuff that's going to raise questions. And a person might say, look, it's not my colour, but the place has been well cared for. I can live with it for the minute. I'm happy to pay that little bit of a premium price, a little bit more than I otherwise would because the place is, you know, looked after and have done a lot of little elements that make it feel comfortable for me to move into. Um, and I think that's a real good way to look at it because I think people can instantly feel if a house is well presented or not, or if it's, ha and it can be simple to do some of these things. Yeah. Um, and then it just makes you feel so much better about everything else. Like you could have the daggiest bathroom from the 1960s with flower wallpaper and carpet in it, but everywhere else is immaculate all the way through. And you're prepared to let that go because you're like, no, I've, I get a really good feeling when I come into this place. And yeah, that's not what I'm after, but everything else feels really good about it. So just some simple renos can really help lift a property and make it more saleable, that's for sure. I guess a, a, um, a key example of that is kind of some of your center care properties that not are the new build ones. Oh, but the older ones where they So they kind them. of refurb them back to life. And we've sometimes got photos of actually that. There was one that I did for one of the rental girls here just the other day, John, had a um, property that used to be um, really daggy, really horrible, kind of like what Pat described. And then um, I don't know if there was a fire downstairs below it. It was like in a multi-level complex and there was a fire downstairs or something. So there was some damage. So they had to do some uh, replacements and I got the order to go and take the photos. And I looked at them and I'm like, oh, this one's going to be fun. Like, you put it off for a couple of days because he's like, this is a terrible property. Yeah, yeah essentially I was like, oh, this one's not going to be fun to do. It's going to be really dark and dank and like... Mm -hmm just a horrible experience. And I got there and it had been just converted into this beautiful one bedroom. I was like, Oh, I could live in this. Like mm. this, this is schmick. And yeah, got a completely different feel from 
from just kind of, and it would not have been an expensive, it was new carpet, painted the walls a different colour, maybe a new kitchen. See, sometimes it doesn't even have to be a new kitchen. Sometimes it's a new countertop and some tiles can yeah. freshen a space. So we, we're not saying that you have to go spend hundred and fifty thousand dollars no, to get you twenty five wow. to make it look better. There is that. You could spend five or six thousand dollars and it could net you ten or fifteen for the right buyer. And that's what we're starting to look at now with the market becoming a little bit harder to sell in because people are a little bit worried about the future. Yep. Um, these are the type of things that are going to give you that little edge to get your property sold over your next door neighbor's property. There's, so, a, there's a little bit in this um, article that you've got. I'll just read it out. Just um, It just says, sellers must understand that buyers are looking for homes that meet their criteria, not the sellers. Homes that resonate with current buyers' tastes will reap significant rewards, while homes that do not will languish on the market. So if you're not hitting that market, then you're just going to sit there and kind of bide your time and then your price that you're chasing will start dropping I'm sounding like I know what I'm talking about. He does. In the market. He sounded like he's a real estate agent. <laughs> um, but yeah, that it's it's funny because for me, what I wanted to do buying my first home was I wanted to go and do all those things. So when I first read the article, I thought you're calling oh, bullshit. Yeah, I was just like, no way! Like, don't put in crappy. And I actually did the pull the um, wallpaper back, but it was pull the carpet back, and the floors were already polished in a pretty good manner. And I was just like, boo, baby! Like that saves me some money. But um, yeah, I can t- reading this article, I now kind of understand what their argument is that spending the thousand to net yourself two to three, and then if the other person comes in and doesn't like it, then oh, well, it's not your problem. No, you not achieved your problem. the goal, which was to sell your house for the most amount of money. Yeah, and that's yeah. what they're talking about here is that um, we're in uncharted waters moving forward. We we don't know how the market's going to go as a result of this worldwide shutdown. And so we're looking for little tiny nuggets that give, of a, to give us an advantage over the other person. And that's what they're sort of focusing on here. Um, moving on from that point, they then talk about staging a home for sale. So um, obviously we can go as far as like we've shift property styling, getting Adam in to completely refurnish a property. Yep. Um, so that's obviously one extreme. The other side of that is if you've got an empty house as well, you could just use virtual staging where you get computer graphics to put furniture in. I have an anecdote for this. Oh, go. I'm sitting uh, sitting over the long weekend with my partner and she's looking through the email that she gets from you, Pat, that has all the new properties that come out because we bought from us um, where she's scrolling through and she gets to this property in Brokeby at Mockridge and she looks at it and she's like, oh, that place looks really nice. Oh, look at that table setting. Oh, look at I said, this is beautiful. And I just said, oh, is it now? And I just said, oh, did you know none of that furniture is actually there? <laughs> and she said, what? And I said, look, have a look. And I swiped. Oh, actually, swiping is actually the perfect analogy. Here. I swiped and, she's, and it was the empty room that we'd digitally put the furniture in. Mm-hmm. And boom, she's been like, oh, this looks so much better the other way. I said, oh, well, th- thanks. I t- worked really hard to make that photo look pretty. <laughs> then had someone else just put stuff over the top yeah, of it, little yeah. stickers everywhere. But yeah, so it definitely worked on someone. I said, oh, could you tell that that wasn't real? She said, no way. She said, now that you've told me, I can kind of spot a few things maybe. But she. But that's on- it. We've got to remember that um, people aren't spending 10, 15 minutes looking at each photo. So their attention span to look at one photo for a sh- length of time is such a short period. But now in this world of digital aspects, we can get away with things like using digital furniture to showcase a space and give people an imagination as to what it could potentially look like. Oh, and it's just getting better and better with what you can put in. Like in the mm. past 
you could kind of spot them. But now the skill sets of people, like I'd love to learn more about putting in the furniture because it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, there's got to be a simple way of doing it. They're not bloody spending hours doing it. <laughs> um, what do you do, I guess, if you're living in the house? Obviously, those two options we've just described of getting someone to hire furniture and fill the home or using digital furniture doesn't work if you're living in it. So well, you can digitally remove it. You yes, can. Well, yeah, so, yeah, and replace it. Yeah, so I guess, um, or you just do simple things like you can declutter a house, you can take magnets off the fridge, you can go to Kmart and go buy one of their $29 rugs to give a bit of life yeah. into a space or a cheap picture to put on the wall. Just things that can, like me personally, I'm not a huge fan if, um, like I love selling homes for families, but sometimes grandma has 50 kids of photos of all the grandkids all over the walls. Yeah. Maybe they need to come down and we just replace them with some nice artwork of just a nice, you know, rural setting or like a... That's a one thing setting, that I've like. done a, a fair bit of is taking pictures off the wall. Like I can do that in the Photoshop of yeah. kind of being like, I'll remove this just to depersonalize it from the previous seller and to put the new seller or the new buyer into the actual picture to be... Yeah, so don't think that when we talk about staging a home for sale that you have to go to great lengths. You can literally just walk around your house and try to look at it like a buyer's perspective and try to put your buyer's cap on and what might be really special to you might be polarising to somebody else, so put it away. Um, I think John had a great example on an earlier podcast about a photo over a bed from... Oh, yeah, she was just butt naked doing one of the... um, uh, like portrait sort of photos, not appropriate. <laughs> See, but hey, it was something special to her, but it's not going to be appropriate for the average buyer walking through with their two young kids and they've got to explain what the lady on the wall is doing. So, you know, just think about it from a buyer's perspective and the type of people that the agent is suggesting that you're trying to attract. So I guess that's one thing that if you're looking for an agent is kind of having an agent that discusses maybe some of those things with you, knowing this kind of stuff that's going on to mm. be like have their finger on the pulse is like before a photographer comes in, it's like, Oh look, this is something that could help. We'll take down your big he yeah. man poster. Yeah. So like she woman poster. I did an appraisal last night, for instance, and I was second agent in, it was a older family and the old man lived there his whole life. And it was filled with 1960s furniture. The previous agent said, leave it all. Buyers have no imagination. They need to be able to see furniture to get a size of it. Now that, alienated the owners really badly straight away. She didn't realise at the time though because they had already promised a lot of the things to different family members and they just wanted to get it done. Uh, they yep. wanted to empty their house out, move on, lock it up, give the keys and that was Never it. They told that they had to wait another 90 days or potentially before they could do any of that. Yep. It was just annoying them. When they asked me that question, I was like, no, take it all now. If you've got family that want it, take it, yeah. empty the place out and I'll put fake furniture in. Yeah, yeah. I can still get that same feeling that buyers need without your possessions, if they're important to you and your family needs them now, yep. I'm not going to stand in your way from doing that. So it's also about reading the situation as well yeah, and understanding the, the buyer that you're, the vendor that you're working with yep. and helping them in what they're trying to achieve. It's Well, ultimately you work for them like that's the, or what you're trying to work for them. You're, when you're appraising, you're trying yeah. to say like, how can I assist you in the best possible way? Yeah. yeah. And sure, I understand where the other agent was coming from. Buyers do like to see how big a couch can fit into a lounge room space and that, but so many other ways that we can do that now that it doesn't need to have furniture anymore. So um, yeah, that's sort of a, I guess how we can look at staging a home for sale in the current market as well. 
I think one of the most important elements that I consider is expectations. So um, before, and that's where I think the, you can imagine the conversation that you, you you had, Pat, versus the other agent was very different. And you said, well, look, what do you want? What's happening? What's going on for you? Whereas they've just pushed an agenda that was completely irrelevant and not understanding their situation. So that's where, um, you know, the, that's why people say, oh, what do I need to do to increase my sale, increase my sale price? Like, is, that, is that what's most important to you? They'd be like, no, 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 I just really need it to be out in the next 60 days. Or it's like, okay, do you have the capacity to do any of that? It's like, no, we don't. It's like, well, okay, well, then unfortunately, we can't even consider that option because it's just not going to be a possibility for you. Mm-hmm. So where I suppose this conversation is geared towards, if we look back to um, what, what the start is like sold in seven seconds. Um, what we're, what we're looking for then is to have a person engage with the property, the price that you're going to be you know, happy with. Um, and that's then you start, you know, working, you know, working backwards or forwards regardless of your situation and building and designing it around your lifestyle, what you have, the money you have, the time you have. If you've got a family of five kids, it's pretty hard to be moving furniture everywhere. Um, so, and then lastly, I suppose, this is, remember we talked about um, you're either protecting your value, enhancing your value or overcapitalizing. Sometimes all you're looking to do is just protect your value um, so that you're not going to have to undersell your property in the market. Because if you don't do anything and, you know, any property can sell if you just put a cardboard sign out the front that just said on market for 50 grand, people are going to be clamoring over the fence to buy it. Well, that's easy. But then of course, ensuring that you're going to get a price that you're happy with is a different story. Um, and that's why there was this guy I really liked. It was dad had met years ago. He was, he was American. He had, you know, he was exceptionally successful developer, but his point was, he said, well, Chris, <clears throat> in my experience, there is not a problem in real estate that price cannot cure. <laughs> and, if he's right. Like effectively, if um, how I'm imagining is a Texas oil rig, yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, big hat, uh, or, or, or Mr. Clinton with his um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing is that you know, like if you don't do any of this, you might just have to be adjusting your price expectations. <laughs> oh, it's always a roller coaster of you, I, I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> so, I guess, like to summarize that point, um, it's sort of uh. In, in all these elements of this advice is about really protecting or enhancing your, the, the, the value of your home if that's what your goal is. But if it is just to sell it in seven seconds and you can't do anything else, then maybe a good photo and an adjusted price is what's going to, be, it's going to get you across the line. You know, so all these are just a means of a process. None of them are guarantees. Um, no. And that's why, look, being honest about your situation is perfectly fine. Um, and then actually having someone like Pat who's actually asking you a question rather than just pushing an agenda um, is so important because then you can leverage on good advice and get you to where you need to be um, in a reasonable and good way. So you're kind of saying you guys are the dating coach that will take you from a five to a seven, eight or nine. <laughs> well, at least to a five and then you can get a deal. I think that was the point. <laughs> oh, I thought we had to get to the five before we even came in. Yeah. Yeah. That's what no, I, I've misunderstood. J-Mac you're saying five gets the job done. Uh, well, I think if they can get themselves to a five, you can get the job done. I think that's the point. That's the philosophy John's always worked on. I've yeah. just got <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretty easy for the coach. If the, like you just show up as a five and he's just like, oh, yeah, you've done all the work. That's <laughs> it. Well, then it'd be exactly right. Well, then you can leverage, leverage your experience to get yourself up uh, a couple of notches, I suppose. <laughs> sounds good. That sounds like a great place. <laughs> <laughs> Plan I could take us in that direction, gentlemen. <laughs> 
All right, boys. It was uh, it was fun jumping on the mics again. Hopefully, this information is accurate. Um, hopefully, next week we're not coming back and saying, "No, John was wrong. You only have to get to a three." <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, we'll wrap it up from there. That sounded all really good. Uh, reach out to us at all our socials. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Do all those things that we can do. We're really trying to push to grow this bad boy, and yeah, it's still a lot of fun to do. Um, thanks for having us. Again. Yeah, thanks. pleasure as always, gentlemen. Rock and roll. See you Bye. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information.